Well, it didn't get dressed up for nothing. Second Amendment, uh, gun control. You've been on the uh, NRA's board since 95, mm -hmm. and this is a subject that you maybe feel more strongly about than any other. I believe that a Make your case. I believe that a person's uh, moral compass can be determined by how he references free men the right to defend themselves. The Second Amendment is so obvious to me, it's, it's insane that there's an argument. God gave, let's, let's pretend there is no document. Let's pretend brave families didn't leave the tyrants and the slave drivers of Europe so that they could practice the religion of their choice, so that they could speak out without being murdered, that they could produce wool without the king's men coming and taking it from them every season of harvest. Let's pretend none of that happened. Let's just pretend this guy named Ted Nugent parachuted onto earth and woke up one morning and saw these wonderful resources and had dreams of excellence and being the best that I could be. I don't need a document, and I don't need another man to explain to me that I have the right to defend my gift of life. And that there is an argument in America from Hillary Clinton, from Barbara Boxer, Diane Feinstein, from a whole gaggle of numbnuts who would try to tell me they will dictate where, how, and if I can defend myself. I find that preposterous. I find it unacceptable, and I will not accept it. I am a free man. Don't tread on me. A good, law-abiding citizen, not convicted of a felon. The Second Amendment of our Bill of Rights is my concealed weapons permit. Period. That's it? That's it. So no limitations of any kind that you no. can see? None. That's it. The limitation should be... Instead of arresting people for molesting children 24 times, I would rather the dad walked into the room, found a person molesting that child, and blew his brains out. I would rather that the lady in Massachusetts last month, who was taking her daughter to soccer, uh, who was carjacked by a recidivistic maggot who'd been in the prison system all his life, but was let out again because we feel sorry for him. Maybe he had a bad childhood. Instead of her being hijacked and murdered... I'd rather she just shot the bastard dead. But in Massachusetts, somebody decided she can't do that. So she's dead. I would rather she was alive and the carjacker was dead. I'm weird. <laughs> I, would, I would rather that the guy who beat this lady to within an inch of her life in Waco, on parole was he, phenomenal and beat her to within an inch of life in front of her grandchildren with a whiskey bottle, I would rather she fell to the ground, pulled out a thirty-eight, and shot him six times in the chest and killed him. Am I weird? Because the guy is going to get out again. I don't like repeat offenders. I like dead offenders. Welcome to The Shooting Bench. For the next hour, I'll be bringing you commentary and important updates on current events, as well as information on guns, training, preparedness, and other liberty-related issues. Let's get started. R.A.T. right now.
Okay, and there was Uncle Ted sharing his opinion of the Second Amendment, and I uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. This is Cope Reynolds. Welcome to the Shooting Bench. It is the 17th of some month, February. Yeah, we're all running through this month pretty quick, too. So, so the big thing in the news right now, besides the coronavirus, is uh, uh, different legislation across the several states of uh, red flag laws and, and other invasions of our privacy and our rights. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I hope Mountain Shooter's listening tonight because he uh, asked about this the other day. Sorry about that when I bumped my headset. I know it makes noise on your end. But anyway, we'll get into that. Got a few other things, too. We got to actually have more than we can do tonight, so I'm going to try to divide them up a little bit and uh, share some of it with you Wednesday. So let me get started. I guess one of the biggest things as far as uh, Arizonans go is the uh, Senate Bill 1625. That has been a big thing in the news here the last oh, three or four weeks. And uh, it, it started, I don't remember exactly when it started, but uh, anyway, to make this a very short to the point broadcast here about this, 1625 is stillborn. It's going to be stillborn. It is a non-issue. However, 1625 is so bad. Uh, 1625, 1624, between the two of them, there's um, uh, assault weapon, you know, confiscation, registration, and I mean, just all manner of, of stuff that's very much against the Second Amendment. I said they're not going to be a happening thing. They're not going to be this year. I'm I'm confident of that. But the problem is we only have, and I, I may have mentioned this last week, but we only have we're only two seats in the House to keep Arizona from going blue. Two seats. If we lose one, we're going to be tied and we'll be dead on solid purple. If we lose two of them, we're going blue. If we do that, and this legislation is introduced again, it will pass without breaking a sweat. So, you know, there's been a lot of uh, controversy and a lot of discussion back and forth about whether you should register to vote and how your vote doesn't count and all that stuff. And I've said this before, and I know you guys that have been listening for a long time, you know what I'm about to say, and you're probably getting tired of it. But when you you say your vote doesn't count, okay, number one, you can't prove that. You assume that. Uh, Even if that were true, even if you were relatively sure it was true, I'll tell you what is even more true than that is if you do not vote, it will not count. This was made more plain as day than ever with the election of President Trump. We know, you go back and go to YouTube and look up uh, Google manipulates votes, and you'll see that Google had the 
uh, the the opportunity, and in fact did, and may they may have again if this guy hadn't come forward and said something about it, had the opportunity to manipulate over 15 million votes. That's quite a bit when you consider well, how many registered voters do we have in the United States? I don't, I don't even know what it is. 80 million, 100 million, something like that. Uh, that's a pretty good bite out of it. You remember what um, Pelosi said uh, before the election? She says, you know, you can take that to the bank. He's not going to be elected. They had this thing so rigged and so set up that they were absolutely confident that he was not going to get in there, beyond a doubt. But what they hadn't counted on was the number of people that actually went out and voted. Their um, manipulation of the election, their rigging, was not rigged enough. I'm sure they learned something, and, and they may try harder this time. But I am also certain that we learned something, and we'll... You know, get it off at the pass if we can. So that goes to show you right there, if, if there's nothing else in the history of the country that should be as plain as the nose on your face is the fact that if those people hadn't voted, if we hadn't got out in, in vast numbers, then Pelosi would have been right and Hillary would have won. And that's also the reason that there's so many states now, California and Virginia and a couple others are, are, uh, passing laws in their state that bypasses the, uh, electoral college. Now I don't know, I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I don't know if that's just feel good stuff on paper or if it's actually going to, uh, to do that. I don't know who has the, final say who has the last uh, control of each state's votes and ballots and machines and, and everything. I don't know how all that works exactly. But if it's true, it could be a problem for us this year. And um, so back to what I was saying earlier about the, the uh, here in Arizona, See, this same thing happened in Virginia. What's about to happen in Arizona happened in Virginia, uh, what, two years ago? Was that the midterms that they lost it? I think it was. When they did, how fast did they move? They, and they're, they're, they're un, unrivaled, unopposed. I mean, they just go in, they just do whatever they want. They've got the House and the Senate in Virginia, and uh, I don't know how many other states we lost, but this all happened in a couple of years, and not even two years. And the same thing is going to happen right here in Arizona if people don't get out and vote in, I mean, in mass. I know we talked to a guy or a couple well, we talked to a woman that is half of a couple today. And she said that her husband had not, was, uh, doesn't vote. And uh, I didn't get into it sitting in, in church about, you know, what I thought about that. But 
Um, and there was a time, you know, I voted for, for years, and there was a time that I slacked off on it uh, for a little while. Things were going pretty good, and and uh, but I've seen over these last few years, I've seen how, um, you know, each, each vote does make a difference. And uh, I'm just, I, I don't know how to stress this any stronger, but um, if you people don't get out and vote, all of us don't get out and vote and vote our, you know, I was going to say vote our, our conscience. And that's probably, that's probably still true. What happened uh, when, when I said this before the 2016 election, and I said, you know, if if you if you vote, if you write something in because you can't stomach either candidate, you know, you didn't like Trump, you didn't like Hillary, uh, you you voted, but you wrote something in, or you voted for someone that you got, you know, had no possibility of getting in there. I very much understand the concept of doing that. Fortunately, we still squeaked through in 2016. But the problem with that is, and I'll go back and say this because I haven't said it for four years. If Hillary would have gotten in there, she would have have elected or, or appointed X number of, of uh, Supreme Court judges. You people that are listening to this show right now, not one of you would have lived long enough to see the courts roll back in our favor. That is a lifetime appointment. They stay there until they die. And there is no doubt in my mind that she would have appointed some, some you know, 30 and 40 year old judges right out of school and uh, uh, got them in there and, and had the, the court where it would have been absolutely, totally 100% impossible to, um, to have ever seen any more uh, pro gun uh, rulings or pro gun opinions um, for us in our favor. So fortunately, that didn't happen, but that exact same thing happened in Virginia two years later. Happened just, I mean, let me rephrase that. Not the exact same thing, but the same thing that I warned against that almost happened did happen in Virginia. It's about to happen in Arizona. Two seats. It's all we, it's all we lack. Um. There are some good guys running out there. Uh, David Peelman is one of them. Walt Blackman's running again. Uh, I have no doubt that he'll get back in there. David uh, David Peelman's got a much harder road to hoe in, in his case for LD7 here in Arizona. Um, he finally got a uh, another Republican opponent out of Flagstaff that's going to reduce his chances a little bit. It's going to divide the vote a little. Um, I was very disappointed to hear that because I, David Pillman would be a um, probably one of the best. He'd be ever been as good as Walt Blackman. 
and uh, and Walt Blackman is very good. Don't get me wrong. Um, the the hard part is going to be just the same thing for my run for sheriff is the votes off the Navajo Reservation. That's going to be a very tough row for us to hold. And I think that, you know, things are changing a little bit this year. They're looking a little bit better in, in that regard. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, of first times happening on the reservation right now. And the Democrats have lied to those people so much for so long that, um, you know, they, they've almost destroyed them as a, their, their culture, as a society. But I think some of them are starting to see through it, and they're starting to say, you know, this this is not working. We've made a mistake. And, um, you know, the Indians are, are very, yes, I said Indian, okay? It's because I'm Native American. I was born and raised here. That makes me a Native American. My parents were born and raised here. It still makes me a Native American. My grandparents were born and raised here. That really makes me a Native American. So... I guess we're all Native Americans here, or most of us. Uh, anyway, they um, they are very pro-life, and I don't know if they have sorted this out to a point, really sat down and studied the the platform that the Democrats run on. You know, they I can't see that any of the the tribes would be for anti-gun legislation or or abortion or you know I, I know that they are for some of the things see this this is the this is the killer right here is they are just like many you know other people are for the handouts that they get from the government you know the health care and the, uh, you know the, the welfare and, and food and, and all this and they wouldn't have to have that if they if the government hadn't over the last 150 years um, led them down this path of thinking that that's that that's the norm that that's okay that that's to be expected and I, but I do believe that a number of them are are waking up and and uh, seeing the um, the hazards of this, and I, I hopefully they're coming over to the conservative side. I know a guy had a meeting with him, a good friend of mine that uh, is helping me out, had a meeting here, uh, when was it? Um, Friday. And uh, he said that there were uh, quite a number of conservative Navajos in there. Well, that's kind of unusual because nothing nothing has happened for a long time where quite a number of conservative Navajos have ever been in one place at the same time. So I think this is a very good thing. I was happy to hear that, and you know, and and I I, I just go out on a limb a little bit and I say, you know, this may possibly be our year. We might we might actually be able to uh, to pull this off this year. So we'll see. Anyway, back to 1625. We had a rally here in in uh, Phoenix yesterday. Unfortunately, I was not able to go to it. I had to go to finish my uh, cert training. I am now officially cert 
certified community emergency response team. I uh, highly encourage all of you to get into that uh, program. It's a great program and and uh, could help your your family, your neighbors, friends, community. And uh, so we, I, I was committed to do that. Was not able to go to the rally, but a lot of my friends did, and and I knew a whole lot of people down there. Several legislators, several sheriffs, and I, I think we we didn't have quite the numbers that uh, Virginia had. Didn't have nearly the numbers Virginia had, but we had a lot. It was uh, if you go on my YouTube channel, I spoke at a Second Amendment rally at the exact same place they had this one a few years ago, and there was you know 300 people showed up. 300 people is quite a few people, but not for a county with 4 million people in it. And I said so in my speech. I said, you know, this is great to see this many people, but where's everybody else? This can't be all the gun owners around here. So I think they had about 10 times that yesterday uh, from the reports that I've got. I haven't seen an official number yet, but from the reports that I've seen, it uh, looked like uh, somewhere around 3,000. So that's... Uh, that's good enough. You get 3,000 people all in the same spot, it still looks like quite a crowd. And the point was to, obviously, it was to get the uh, get the word out that uh, we will not comply. Sheriffs that were down there, we will not comply. And not complying is the epitome of, uh, how do I put it, uh, Americanism. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's what we should be doing as Americans, by non-compliance to gun laws. This is how this country got started. This is why this country is. This is why the country is the country right now. It's why why we have America. is because of non-compliance with gun laws. And the only way to keep this country in the fashion in the in the um, in the manner that the, the founders intended for it to it's going to require vast mass non-compliance with a lot of these gun laws it's going to require that uh, these sheriffs be on our side it's going to require uh, because that is, you know, they took an oath to do that. And uh, with that in mind, think about some of the members of the military. Now, it's not a lot, but there's a, I think there's a, a significant portion of American military members and veterans that support this type of legislation and are, in fact, anti-gun. <sighs> These, uh, you know, any other veteran, any other uh, military members, I took an oath. My oath hasn't expired, blah, blah, blah. You hear this by, you know, everyone, including me. So how is it that you think your oath hasn't expired? You took an oath to the Constitution, uh, and you somehow feel that it's appropriate for you to comply with these laws to support these um, anti-gun laws like AB, or SB 625, 1625. So right now it's uh, SB 620, 1625 is not 
much of a threat to us, I don't believe. But if we don't get out and vote and retain those two seats, uh, it would be nice if we could unseat a few other ones and get a little bit of a buffer there, get a little bit of a little bit of cushion in case we have uh, something go wrong during the midterms or something. It would be nice if we could get four or six of those seats, and I don't expect we're going to be able to do that. But as I said here, well, the first time I said it was about uh, 15 years ago when I was on AM radio, and I said it again here a month or two ago, we are just about to pass that point of no return when it will not be possible for us to change this by peaceful legislative means. And we're almost there. If we don't see people standing up and and uh, know your rights. Now, there's, there's, a, <clears throat> there's a little bit of knowing your rights and, and, and exercising your rights and expressing that to law enforcement stuff. That is what we need to do. However, um, there's several videos out there of people that are smart alecks and very um, how do I put it? Very arrogant and kind of snotty about the way they're doing it, and that is not the way to that is not the way to bring law enforcement over to our side. Um, by the same token, we don't we, we don't com- comply and and uh, let them walk over us either. So somewhere in between those two extremes is a medium that we should try to meet with law enforcement on and get them and legislators and, you know, citizens on our side to make them help them to understand what uh, is going on. Now, I say that, and I told you here <clears throat> several years ago that I have... Uh, given up on the agree to disagree thing. I, I stopped doing that a long time ago. I've, I've talked to these people and some of them are just damn stupid that I can't quite, uh, you know, that there's just no way to make them understand. They get, uh, they get something in their mind and it's stuck there and it doesn't matter how many, how many facts and how many, how much case law and everything you you put before them and say, well, this this is why this is this is why we can't do this or this is why that happened, and their minds just closed, their eyes are closed, their ears are closed. They can't. They, the only thing that's not closed is their mouth, and they just keep running it. And uh, and that's why that's why we're losing. We've been Mr. Nice Guy way too long, and and it's cost us. We've been apathetic way too long, and it's cost us. All these people that's you know pound their chest and jump up and down and say that you know a lot of the same bats that says the uh, Second Amendment is my concealed carry law and all that crap. You know we understand the concept, but that's not the way it works. It's not the way it is, and it's not ever going to be the way it is without violence unless we can get people to understand uh, our our point here, unless we can get our point driven home. 
those same people are a lot of them are not saying all of them by any means, but a lot of them are ones that that don't vote. They're the ones that say, well, that vote doesn't count. It's all rigged. It's all they're going to do whatever they want to do. Maybe so. They might. But they damn sure will if you don't try. If you don't get out behind that computer and quit acting like some kind of a keyboard commando and get out and and get off your butt and go out and do something, of course they'll walk over, they'll do exactly what they want. We get enough people going to these protests and rallies and writing letters and and uh, and voting, there might still be some way to salvage this. If you don't, you're just saying that you don't care about your own future. You don't care about your life. You don't care about your income. You don't care about your retirement. You don't care about your kids. That's what you're saying when you say you're not interested in politics or you don't want to vote. So, clearly, it's up to you. And clearly, we're going to take a little break and I'll be back in a few minutes. You know, I changed my mind. Let me back up on that a little bit. This next... um, clip I'm going to play here is something I put together. Um, I think I put this together. I don't remember. I may have gotten it off YouTube. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, It came from, I believe, 2012 or late 2011. And it... um, I, I haven't met anybody yet that doesn't hate Romney for everything that he's done. So I'm going to uh, play a series of statements here by Mitt Romney that are I, I there's no I don't believe there's any other politician that has ever flip-flopped and reversed his what he said so many times in such a short period of time over and over and over these are news clips from from uh, a number of of um I mean, they're little short clips from a number of newscasts and and uh, ads and stuff that he was on, interviews and whatnot. And I think it very much, very, very clearly shows his uh, his disdain for the Constitution, his ignorance of the Constitution, and saying only what he thinks his constituents want to hear. He'll say one thing for one group of people and one thing for another group of people and does not have the spine or the testicular fortitude to stand with either one of them. So I'm going to play that, and then we're going to take our our regular break. We do have tough gun laws in Massachusetts. I support them. I won't chip away at them. I believe they help protect us and provide for our safety. I've been pro-gun and continue to be pro-gun. I don't line up 100% with the NRA. I don't see eye to eye with the NRA in every issue. But it didn't take me very long to understand that there are millions and millions of people who care very deeply about their constitutional right to bear arms. As governor, you signed into law one of the toughest restrictions on assault weapons in the country. And steeply increased fees on gun owners in that state, in fact, by 400%. My view is that we have the Second Amendment right to bear arms. And in this country, my my view is also that we should not add new legislation. My position is we should check on the the backgrounds of people who are trying to purchase guns. We also should keep weapons of unusual lethality from being on the street. I do not believe in new laws restricting gun ownership and gun use. It's all ban that expired here because Congress didn't act on it. 
you would support? Uh, just as the president said, he would, have, he would have signed that bill if it came to his desk, and so would have I. That's not quite consistent to say you're for Brady and so-called assault gun ban, but support of the Second Amendment because we see that that's really a denial of the Second Amendment. Governor, I would like to un know your stand on the Second Amendment. I support the Second Amendment. I, uh, I purchased a gun when I was a young man. I've been a hunter uh, pretty much all my life. Mitt Romney called himself a lifelong hunter. When it was later revealed that, in fact, he's only been hunting twice, he said he meant varmints and rodents. But any sportsman will tell you that ain't hunting. That's pest control. Uh, then he said, I have a gun of my own. And, in fact, he does not have a gun of his own. All that uh, led this column today in the Boston Globe by Joan Venacci. She wrote, leave it to Mitt Romney to shoot himself in the foot with a gun he doesn't own. You were teased mightily a few years ago for saying you hunted varmints. I just wonder if you've gone hunting since 07. <laughs> um, I'm not going to describe all of my great exploits, uh, uh, but uh, uh, I, went, uh, I went moose hunting, actually. Not moose hunting, I'm sorry. Elk hunting. You're only allowed a certain number of flips before people begin to doubt your character. Uh, and I think Romney exhausted his quota sometime back. I'll be back. above the mantel on a couple rusty nails and it's worth a bunch of money but it damn sure ain't for sale the good lord only knows all the stories it could tell granddaddy's gun he bought a new out of a sears and roebuck catalog and it shot a many shell over the top of an old bird dog. And it backed a burglar down when Grandma took the safety off. Granddaddy's gun. It's just a double barrel 12. The stock is cracked and it kicks like hell. It wouldn't mean what it means to me to know. I can hear his voice when I put it to my shoulder A gun's like a woman, son, it's all how you hold her He taught me a whole lot more than how to hunt And one of these days I'll pass it on to my son Granddaddy's gun He handed it to me on the day I turned with a half-shot box of shells and a kit to keep it clean. I keep a picture in the case of that sweet old man and me with granddaddy's gun. It's just a double barrel twelve. The stock is cracked and it kicks like hell. It wouldn't mean what it means to me to know.
But we have to stop looking for salvation in, in this system. The system is not going to fix itself. If the system is restored, it will be restored with the hammer of patriotism smacking this system out between the anvil of freedom and teaching this system that there is a shape we wanted to maintain and that we have the forge of rage and we will put that system in that forge of rage and we will use that hammer of liberty and pound it against the anvil of freedom until it returns to the shape we want it to be in. Welcome back to another segment of the Shooting Bench, right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network. And we're back. We've got about 20 minutes. Let's see if we can get this finished up here. Still got a few other guns. They got a whole bunch of stuff I want to share with you, but uh, it's not going to be happening tonight. We've just got too much... Uh, too much stuff to get in, too much stuff on our plate here. So, so let me pick and choose here a few of these. Um, even these anti-gun or uh, red flag laws, even the Albuquerque Journal of all places says that these are against the Second Amendment. The Albuquerque Journal says the Second Amendment is not just for citizens to bear arms. It also removes the right of the government to take these arms from the citizens. So that's the, um, you know, I've told you a half dozen times that uh, there's already some form of red flag laws, excuse me, in all 50 states. It has always been where if, if um, they could determine beyond a, a reasonable doubt that you were a threat to yourself, your family, or or uh, the public, that they would temporarily take your gun. They've done that for a long, long time. So this is nothing new. The only thing that's new about it is they're removing any form of due process. Most of these red flag laws allow people, to, anyone, to just say, well, you know, um, that guy scared me to death. He, or he, he threatened me, or I saw him do this, I saw him do that. And, and that's all it takes in some states for you to get a visit from um, from the cops to come get your guns. Some of them have provisions to get your guns back after you prove certain things. Some of them don't. 
But um, that's that's what everybody is up in arms about is uh, literally is the removal of due process, which we are guaranteed by the Fifth Amendment to the uh, Constitution, to the Bill of Rights. Um, the uh, yeah, I got a whole another spiel about Constitution, and Bill of Rights that we're going through here now too. But uh, for that to come out of the Albuquerque Journal is pretty impressive. Anyway, so let's look here. Let's go into oh. One last thing on this legislation and stuff here in Virginia. Yet again, because the Virginians let the House slip away from them and the Senate, uh, they have passed a bill making possession, mere possession of a suppressor illegal. And it's a felony. A felony applies to all suppressors, including those legally purchased through the federal background check and registered with the ATF. That's what you can get. That's what you can expect by not voting and just uh, sheepishly complying with all these gun laws. Or any other law as far as that goes. Take the, you know, permits to build an outhouse out behind the house. You know, permit to do, put up a gate to uh, uh, build a wall inside your existing home in places requires a building permit. Uh, and, and people just do it and pay the money and say, you want me to have the permit? You want me to have a permit and pay for it? How about I'll get a permit and you pay me to do it? Then maybe we'll get somewhere. You want it, not me. All right. Well, before my blood pressure gets out of hand, I'm going to start talk about something else. Mossberg has a, um, you know, they're, they're 60 years on their on their shotguns now. I think the company's quite a bit older than that, but I think these. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mossberg uh, started 1919. I thought they were over 100 years old. But these shotguns, the 500s and, and 590s and, and their uh, different variations there have been going strong for 60 years now. And that in itself is not any real big news. They're great shotguns. I love Mossberg. It is my shotgun of choice. Um, I like Remington's too, but go on YouTube and look at my uh, I did a kind of an informal video for a listener that was um, entertaining notions of getting a pump shotgun, and he sent me a picture of one and, and the brand. I said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, that's not going to work. Let me explain why. You know, I can't explain this on the phone, so let me let me make a little short video for you, and I think it'll help you to understand. So I did, and it's, uh, you know, and I put it out there, and a lot of people have looked at it, and but, and until you watch the video, if you're not familiar with the shotguns, you're probably not going to understand this. But the Mossberg 500 and 590, that whole series, is not at all conducive to pistol grip stocks. Uh, they'll shoot fine, but you can't operate the controls very well. You can't operate, uh, uh, you can't reach the safety unless you want to take your Remove your firing grip, lift the hand off and hit the safety and then get your firing grip back established. Yes, you can do that. No, it's not 
ideal. You buy shotguns like this for one of two reasons. You either want to look cool out at the range and everybody thinks you're Rambo, or you actually want to put this into service as a um, defensive weapon, home defense, you know, in defense of your of your country. Um, and the, you just it's just not set up for a pistol grip. A lot of people do it, but the other thing is um, racking the slide. If you've got a malfunction or you need to do a reload, uh, rack the slide for whatever reason, again, you have to either break your firing grip with with your firing hand, with if you're right-handed, or reach up with your left hand and uh, push the... Uh, the bolt release, the slide release. Now, if you're left-handed, you still have a safety issue. It's arguably, let's see. No, not arguably. You still can't do it. And But you might be able to, it might be a little bit awkward and slow, but you could run the bolt release, the slide release, with your... Um, trigger finger on your left hand if you do this left if you're left-handed if you have a, a regular stock a conventional stock on there you can run the bolt release with either hand uh, two different ways I forgot to put the left-handed operation in the video maybe I'll change that one of these days but uh, you know you, you know it's a right-handers world there's I don't know what the percentage is but it's vastly right-handed and most of these weapons are set up for right-handers so anyway the safety would still be an equal issue either hand and uh, the the slide release or the bolt release would be a little clumsy but um, you could do it left-handed so anyway that was the whole point I uh, got on a couple of discussions on Facebook about this and and somebody said, well, I've got real big hands and I don't have any trouble reaching the safety. Yes, you do. You don't understand what it is impossible to reach with the firing grip, with, with the firing hand, the firing thumb, without breaking your firing grip. You cannot do it. I don't care how big your hands are. My hands are about near as big as anybody's. I wear a size 14 ring. And I, my hand, there's not a whole lot of people who's got bigger hands than I do. I know there's some. But not, I mean, it doesn't matter how big they are. You can't reach it. It doesn't work. Unless you use, you either break your firing grip or use your non-firing hand, your support hand, to do it with. So that's just the way it is. Sorry. FN has just landed a big contract to the United States Army. Sounds a little odd. I guess Colt uh, kind of uh, peed in somebody's post toasties here or something. But uh, FM just landed a $119 million contract for M4s for the U.S. Army. FN makes a fine gun. I have, I have no problem with FNs at all. I mean, I, I don't have one. I have no intention of getting one, but I won't talk bad about them. I just, it's just not for me. So, anyway, this is a good thing. Good thing for FN, anyway. $119,216,309. Firm fixed price contract 
for a mix of two 5.56 NATO caliber weapons, the M4 and the M4A1. Contract awarded by Picatinny Arsenal on behalf of project manager, let's see, made public on Thursday and stemmed from a March 2019 solicitation for which six bids were submitted. Only six people submitted gun bids to the United States government, the United States Army, for these M4s. That seems kind of funny to me, as many people that make those things. Anyway, let me go over and check and see how we're doing for time. We still got a few minutes here, so let me get back to what we're doing now. All right, moving right along. I'm just going to uh, throw this out there real quick. For those of you that are Twitter-pated, what do you call people that do Twitter all the time? Twitterers? Tweeties? I don't know. But anyway, as of uh, a week ago, um, let's see if I can find the actual tweet here. Uh, on the contrary, my choice of words is exact and critical, which is why I don't ask about his family or why your response is a red herring. Each one of us gets one life and one existential question to answer. Do we make the world better or worse with it? The response was certainly his family's world would be worse without him. No, it's weird to me to see a scholar invoke a loaded item. Let's see. Still not the one I'm looking for. Um, there's two or three of them here. Almost every minute of Russia's adult life was spent purposely making the world worse. He's a racist, sexist, greedy, hateful man who has sown fear and violence with every dollar he's made. There's absolutely no question whatsoever that the world is better off without him. And it's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you all, everybody knows that Russia has, uh, cancer and and is here's one prayers for rush please god kill the bastard slowly and painfully and there's a bunch of them like that and uh, of course i i don't know i wouldn't doubt what there'll be some on our side that would say the same thing if certain people got uh were in the in the same position as rush but Anyway, it uh, seems very inappropriate to me. But, it, you know, it doesn't matter that the people say this. I, well, it does. But, uh, you know, it, it, I, I wouldn't take that right away from them. What matters is that Twitter has deviated from its own policy by allowing this to happen. You know, if you would have said that about Obama, my goodness, man, oh, man, that never would have flown. Anyway. All right. Um, Mountain Shooter. Boy, you're going to love this if you haven't heard it already. Mike Wilson says he's been shooting competitively for 16 years, held four international bench rest shooters records. He's currently ranked third nationally among the IBS long-range marksmen, but even he couldn't believe his eyes last Saturday in... uh, this was this is an old story, but um, let's see. Couldn't believe his eyes when he approached his thousand-yard target at the Hawks Ridge Gun Club. One point. Wait a minute. One point zero six eight inches at a thousand yards. Like I said, it's an old it's an old story, but that's uh, 
That's quite a quite an amazing feat right there. Five shots, 1.068 inches. You know, minute of angle at a thousand yards, that would be ten inches. If you shoot a ten inch group at a thousand yards, you're shooting what would be called minute of angle. Um let's see. Um hundred yards be an inch. Yeah, ten inches at a thousand yards. So he just shot point one zero two minutes of angle. Even managed to put all five of them in the X-ring for a perfect score. That is impressive. Of course, the one before him wasn't bad either, 1.397 inches. Nevertheless, pretty darn good. All right, there's one last deal. Let me keep an eye on my clock here. You know, I don't think I want to get into this last one yet because it's I, I got I got some stuff to say. You know what I mean? Got a few things I want to add to this, so I think I'll save that one for Wednesday. So, when, oh, by the way, I will say one thing here. Um, apparently, um, Concreton is having problem with Skype or something. He was not able to get his shows to me this weekend, and I, consequently, I was not able to load them up for him. So, I guess he just. Uh, did everything on Podbean, and I've sent him several Skypes here and have not heard anything from him yet. So if you guys uh, see him out there, tell him to check his Skype. Or maybe it's not working for him. I don't know. But uh, for some reason, he couldn't get his shows loaded, and that's why you were not didn't able, able to hear him. Of course, you were still able to chat here. From looking back at the chat room, it looks like you were listening on Podbean and chatting here and that's fine um but you know I, I was wanting to put them on for him and they never showed up anyway okay well enough of all that we'll see you guys on wednesday and there is no doubt I, I got enough excess stuff here to do a whole thing wednesday without anything new happening so but there's no doubt in my mind that new stuff's going to happen between now and wednesday so let me get out of here and go start gathering it up good night Well, that wraps up another edition of The Shooting Bench. Join me Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific, and again on Fridays from 7 to 10 for The Shooting Bench. Good night, and thanks for joining me. No reconciliation. No, let's talk it over. Number I can call. Goodbye says it all.